and welcome to episode 49 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Oh, I'm so excited because <laughs> I am your host, Duke Togo, and I am joined by my two best pals in the world, Krabby. Hey. You're back. You said you were going to up your energy level this show and you're bringing it so far. <laughs> Dude, I have done so much blow, you have no idea. Oh, my. <laughs> and also you hear in the background, our good buddy, Bill, you're back. Hey, I'm here. Good to be back. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. With the last show, you know, we were talking about that, and we we recorded, and we were like, you know, we're letting people know it's like, it's not that Bill's not here because we don't want him here. It's because Bill's busy with life and the five hundred kids and and yes. all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the wolf from Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's actually pretty good, right? <laughs> Which I know about that movie because of the kids. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it, I've it's, seen them. Yeah, it just, it just, Have you seen them all? All three? Yes. And I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of part, like, the, I think part three is like on the cruise ship. Cruise ship. Oh, yeah. man. So good with um, uh, Mel Brooks. Uh huh. Oh, man. It's, and it's, it's crazy. Like, some movies you see because of the kids, and you're like, okay, like, I'll suffer through it. But, like, more often than not, you actually find a gem where it's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I will say Hotel Transylvania. Those are by uh, by and large the the happiest children's movies I'll have to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know when you've had to watch Trolls like five hundred times, you're happy <laughs> yeah. when Hotel Transylvania comes along. And it's funny. It's funny when you you know when you start making friends with all these other parents, like you know other preschool parents, and just like out at like you know different activities and stuff. You find that you're all watching the same <laughs> TV shows and movies and stuff. So. I, I never thought I would find other people who like know all these things, but like you just mentioned trolls and people are like, Oh yeah. We're on <laughs> we're on the trolls wagon. The pain, right? Crabby yeah. trolls in your house, you gotta deal with uh, that. No, we did trolls once and that was it. That was all they wanted. My son's really into how to train your dragon and my daughter, because you know, my son's older than her, whatever he's doing is cool, so she's really into dragons right now. And that movie I really like, all three of them. Oh, you were smart not to bring trolls into your home. They yeah. It just didn't stick. We tried it. They didn't like it, oh, so we moved geez. on to the next thing. I have seen way too much of that movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the only decent one, like, we own, like, every goofy Disney movie that has ever made. Like, I halfway enjoyed the Hotel Transylvania films. They don't have those. Yeah. Of course not, right? Why would they want to watch that 500 times? <laughs> and, and it's like you try to put on stuff that, like, you're into that, like, oh, guys, let's watch DuckTales or Tailspin, you know, like, and it's just, you just never know what'll stick. You know, like, sometimes something you like sticks, and... A lot of times it doesn't. So, but yeah, so definitely very busy. We got the uh, the you know we got the two boys. We got a third on the way, and uh, just a whole bunch of uh, you know just crazy life stuff. But uh, I reached out to the guys uh, shortly after they started uh, re-recording, and I was like, you know, I just find myself thinking more and more about it, and and you know missing talking with you guys, and just the whole you know doing the recording and and you know just chatting up every once in a while. So I said, if it's not too late, I would love to join you. And they said. Of course. <laughs> yeah, why would we not want you on the show? That's what reunited uh, at last. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know. Getting the gang back together. Oh, that's what I even said on the last show. I said, you know, everybody gets to listen to this as a byproduct. I really just do this show so I can talk to to you guys. I mean, oh. <laughs> the the having a show part's kind of a byproduct, but it forces us to get together from time to time and and you know catch up and, and keep on yeah. going with things and you know talk about some games, which is not a not too big of a problem anyway, right? No, it's great. Yeah, so um, 
Bill, you've got you've been doing some arcade stuff, right? In the in the intervening times. Yeah, so I uh, I've got several machines. Uh, uh, I think the last time we spoke, all I had was a Play Choice Ten, and yes. I had a uh, Mortal Kombat One cabinet that I had uh, when I acquired it. It was like painted black, and you know it came with like a Tekken board, and I bought that machine to convert into um, just like a, a hyperspin cabinet. Um, and I had that for a while, and that was fun, and that was cool, and you know we had our good time with it. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? It's a Mortal Kombat One cabinet. I've been interested in doing a restore for a while, so I was like, let me, you know, take the main stuff out and hyperspin, put it in the closet, and let me do a Mortal Kombat uh, one like full restore. Um, so uh, it took a while. I learned a lot, um, and uh, so the Mortal Kombat one restore is completely done. Before it was done, though, uh, I, I got a lead on a Mortal Kombat on some arcade machines at a uh, uh, like an estate sale, and um, so I, you know, I called a buddy who had, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, like a truck, not like a pickup truck, but like kind of like a like one of those little like moving van type trucks, and a box car, box truck. That's what I was trying to say. And um, so we went there to this estate sale, and there's a whole bunch of arcade machines there. And he wanted one, I wanted one. We got a package deal, um, and it was I could tell it was a Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet just because number one, I know what they look like, and number two, like it said Mortal Kombat 2 on the back of it. So, but but it was again painted black. But what a lot of times would happen is an arcade operator would, uh, you know, they get a new game in, and it's a lot easier to paint the side of a machine uh, black than it is to remove the vinyl artwork on the side of the machine and just, like, make it look like a terrible piece of, uh, you know, like plywood. So I, I, I kind of, I saw that there was paint on the side, and I kind of, like, scratched a little bit with, with my fingernail, and I saw vinyl, like, artwork underneath it. And I'm thinking to myself, I've seen other people do it. I was like, okay. There's there's artwork under here. I don't know if it's good, if it's bad, if it's faded, if it's ripped, you know. But all I know it's a Mortal Kombat 2. I know there's artwork under here. So I got a decent price and uh, I bought the cabinet, and I got some Citra Strip, which is a very uh, mild uh, paint stripper. And it took me a little while to kind of get my rhythm down, like how much you put on, and then you know you scrape like you leave it on for like you know 10, 12 minutes, scrape it off with like a plastic scraper get the excess with like a magic eraser so once i got into a flow i did like the entire side of one machine in about like an hour hour and a half so it wasn't too bad and i'm telling you guys it looks like it's like off the factory floor and then someone like put a coat of paint off it like i wiped the paint off like you would never believe how amazing it is so my uh yep so I, i ended up uh since last time we were recording uh, on top of the play choice 10 i've got the mortal kombat 1 the mortal kombat 2 and I'm in the process of working on my uh, Super Street Fighter 2, which is one of those big, like, Dynamo Showcase cabinets. Mm. It's one of those, like, big old, like, you know, like, 34, 36-inch uh, monitors uh, with, like, that kind of separate uh, control like panel pedestal, stand. Right? Exactly, yeah. So um, I started by removing the laminate, kind of like sanding, uh, like, you know, belt sanding the laminate off and relaminating it with, uh, like, a very similar color blue to, like, the, the big blue uh, type uh, Capcom. Uh, cabinets and so the the control panel portion is all finished and in uh, in the fall once i'm kind of done with some of the the you know the summary projects that uh, we're working on around the house i'm going to revisit the street fighter uh but yeah it's been awesome and uh, a question i get asked a lot because they you know they look great when they're all restored is people like are you going to sell those i'm like nah these are these are for me you know these, these are for fun these are these are to have people come over flip on five arcade machines and be like all right guys let's play you know so that's the piece I'm looking forward to is when we uh, 
get to have uh, you know the arcade parties. Definitely. Now I'm curious, being uh, you know that's a CPS no two game. Uh, yeah. No CPS three. Was no, yeah. Super Street Fighter two or three. Super Street Fighter two. Super Street Fighter uh, two. So CPS two. So then Street Fighter three was uh, when it moved into the CPS three. Yeah, okay, because, like, the last Street Fighter to be on CPS2 is Super Street Fighter 2X, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah and, there's, and there's a bunch of different revisions, and then there's, like, Grandmaster Challenge, and there's, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, I think it's Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Grandmaster Challenge was the Japanese one that was the last CPS2 one, but someone will... Someone will double check me on that. Yeah, no, I was just curious. I'm wondering what hardware the uh, Alpha series ran on. I don't know offhand, but um... uh, yeah, Alpha, Alphas, as far as I know, were CPS two. Uh, the, the vast majority was CPS two. Just a handful um, were the CPS one, like uh, uh, like the original Street Fighter, yeah, the original uh, Street Fighter yeah. two, Street Fighter two, like the very original Street Fighter, right? Two, like World the, Warriors, exactly. Yeah, World Warrior was just because uh, you see those boards go for sale a lot on uh, Klov and. Uh, uh, it's just you know just looks like a green PCB. So it wasn't until I want to say, and maybe even Champion, because I've never seen the CPS2 Champion Edition. They might have started. I know all Turbo, the alphas maybe? are. They might have started at Alpha. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know. Um, I know my friend a little while back picked up a X Men versus Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, and I helped him kind of do some basic restore on that. Um, still trying to tell him he needs to get the stuff so we can recap his monitor, but. Um, he's more of a player. He has no idea about like the technical side of things too much. But um, right, you know, I told him like they have these mods now. Like that, I don't know if you've looked at that. Like that dark software, you can just play all of the For games sure. on, on yeah. one board, and, and you know, not a cheap option, but probably cheaper than buying all the B boards. Exactly. So it's it's one of those things. Like if you wanted to be playing off the hardware, um, you know, so without bringing in like any kind of computer uh, emulation type thing. So so dark soft. Um, for anyone listening, um, it, it's it's a pretty extensive mod. It costs several hundred dollars. I want to say like between like three and four hundred dollars. Um, it's like the guys from like uh, Eastern Europe or something. That yeah, he, right? yeah, he's a very Romania or something. Yeah, he's a, a very a very talented, very smart uh, uh, electrical engineer. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as an electrical engineer and um, and a lot of guys in the arcade community are electrical engineers and they come up with their own like PCB designs and mods and stuff but Darksoft is a, a, a very good very you know fairly expensive mod where it requires so CPS2 games they have the A board and the B board so the A board is it's like a thing of it is like the console that has like all the you know kind of like the hardware and the chips on it that like every uh, Capcom CPS2 game would need to have, and then the B board is the actual game. So think of that as like the NES cart that you're like stick into the, uh, uh, the into the console. It just has the data that relates to that specific game. The reason they did this was twofold. They wanted arcade operators to have an inexpensive way to switch out games. Uh, that would be easy enough where they could just pop a game board out, you know, like take off Street Fighter Alpha 1, put on Street Fighter Alpha 2, pop it in, done. Uh, they also had security mechanisms built into them where you had to buy like official stuff or, you know, like a battery would die and then, you know, Inspector Gadget, your whole situation. Um, yeah, but... and I think they kind of did that too. Is you, you had to think there was, it had to be an answer to SNK's Neo Geo system. You know? Right. Yeah, which was a, yeah, which was a, a concern of uh, for arcade uh, manufacturers at the time. Uh, to be able to just you know compete with it with someone who's going to give you a multi-cart system uh, solution, 
Um, so yeah, so so back to Darksoft. Um, so it requires um, a uh, uh, a B board that you can kind of, you know, like sacrifice. Like a a, a dead B board is really the best. Um, and basically, you through some electronics wizardry, you throw some chips in here and you solder some wires into some places. And when you boot <laughs> up into it, you're booting up into like official Capcom uh, CPS2 hardware, but you've taken all the ROMs, like all the game data from all the CPS2 games. And on like this little LCD uh, uh, screen that comes with it, you can select which game to boot to and you hit okay. It loads the, uh, uh, the game data from like a SD card into the actual like CPS2 hardware and then it boots the game up. Um, so it's again, like, like Google it, like there's a bunch of YouTube videos about it. It's not like exactly like Duke said, it's not cheap. It's way cheaper than buying all of those boards. Cause some of them can cost two, $300 just individually. Um, and it's something that I've kind of like, like toyed with the idea of, cause like the, the, uh, the dynamo showcase is a really big, like, you know, it's like a showcase of a machine. So it, that would be the machine to kind of throw dark soft onto, but, you know, with, with more and more kids showing up in my house every couple of years, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's $500. It's not just lying around. <laughs> I hear you. So, but I, we'll, do we'll that, I do love that the idea of flashcard technology has come to arcade and it's not yep. just that I like Naomi systems and a mm -hmm. lot of these you can get, um, similar setups for, um, now Krabby, I'm curious, I mean, obviously you had all these machines when you had the store and all this other stuff, but did you keep any of those machines? The only ones I kept were a Neo Geo four slot oh, and nice. a Nintendo red tent that needs a bunch of work that I've been putting off forever. I should get started on that soon. Um, and oh. then at my parents' place, I pulled a Galaga and a Miss Pac-Man for my dad. So I get to tinker with those uh, when I go visit. A red tent sounds like just the most awesome project to, yeah. to have. I'm I mean, actually don't get me wrong, play excited. choice would also be fantastic, but uh, you know, this you know, I love arcade stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool, but I would, you know, obviously one of those two would be the best thing. Yeah, and it's got mind. it's got boards in it for versus Castlevania and Dr. Mario, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with those two, but there's a few more I'd like to track down after I get it running. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was uh, there's a local barcade that's here, and they've got a red tent with, and it's got uh, I think it's versus Super Mario and versus Castlevania in it. And um, I was <laughs> I was there, and so people started because I was just started playing, and I like you know how to I know how to play Castlevania really well, and they're all start people start coming around and watching <laughs> when you're like getting to the end of it, and they're like, whoa, man. Like yeah, well I played this game a lot. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> and 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 the red tent, it's just like there's so many machines that even if it's like a Donkey Kong or a Super Mario, where it's kind of got that like you know unique look to it that they you know borrowed for uh, like Fix It Felix, um, the the red tent is just such a unique and striking machine. Yes. Uh, and and you know you see it in you, the first time you see it in person, like you know even if you didn't think you wanted one, you're like oh man, <laughs> I want a red yeah. tent now. That's pretty and much I, what happened with me. <laughs> and that layout is something where, like, a lot of arcade games, people can't see very well what you're doing because you're taking up all the space in front of the cabinet. But mm -hmm. something like that, everybody can kind of crown it. They, a lot of people can see and watch. Yeah, because yeah, you're down. Exactly. It's it's kind of like the um uh, uh the Japanese machine, like the Astro Cabs. Yeah. Yeah, because those are, you know, you're, you're sitting a lot of times on those, so people can stand behind you and see over your shoulder as opposed to, like, if you're six foot tall like me and people are like, what's he doing? 
I know. And uh, do you remember, like, back in the arcades, you know, occasionally some of them would have another TV or a monitor on top of the yes. arcade caps you can yeah. watch, like, especially, like, Dragon's Lair and some of those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then and there's a handful of boards, and uh, you'll see, uh, uh, like, just an RCA video out on them. And for a while, I was confused about that. I was like, why the hell would they have a little RCA video out? Like, there's an arcade monitor. The monitor doesn't have RCA. And then after a while, I was like, oh, it's so they could run video to monitor, to external monitors for just that reason. So if you ever look yeah, at an arcade board that has the RCA, just the yellow jack on it, that's exactly what it's for. Because back in the days, the arcade, I mean, like when I was a kid and stuff, that's it. You'd crowd around because you'd want to see, especially if it was a new game or something, mm-hmm. right? And you really couldn't very well. So it was really yeah. smart of them to do that. They would set it on the top, and that way you could watch somebody play. And then, of course, yeah. if you thought the game was cool, like, oh, I want to be next. I want to play this game. Yeah. As opposed to, I really can't see what this thing is. Eh, I'll just go down here and play this game I know. Yeah, we had a uh, uh, the arcade um, in uh, the Danbury Mall where I, uh, I grew up uh, kind of playing games. The arcade in the food court was called Time Out. And they would, uh, they would face these monitors like towards the food court. So just sitting there eating, you could look over and like see what games were being played inside, which was a really smart idea. Oh, yes. They knew how to lure the kids in. They mm-hmm. weren't stupid. Uh, and those were the days, too, when your parents would just give you some quarters and be like, go. Let's get yeah. out. I will come get you later. You stay yep. there. I, we actually, uh, for, I think it was Mortal Kombat 3. It was Mortal Kombat 3 or Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 or both over the, over the course of these months. But my local uh, uh, movie theater uh, got uh, uh, these machines. And I asked my mom, I was like, hey, can you drop me and, and Dan, my brother, off at the movie theater <laughs> for a couple hours? And she's like, oh, like, yeah, sure. And so, and so she dropped us off. She gave us, like, each, like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever it was to see a movie at the time. And then, you know, I was like, okay, I'll see you in a couple hours. And then she came back, and she was like, how was the movie? We're like, what movie? <laughs> <laughs> we spent all of it on the game. We, yeah, we just came to play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Uh, did you have like an arcade like that, Krabby, where you were at when you were growing up? I grew up even more north than where I'm at now. There was one arcade in the bottom of a bowling alley. Wow. And it, it, was, it was really yeah. fun. And they, for where we were, I was impressed with it. But uh, I didn't have any other options. It was just that one. So we got we got to know the games pretty good. Did they rotate through very often? Or was like, no, these were this is just what you're playing? There was like a, most of the little pockets of communities up here there was a company uh, called west coast amusement out of vancouver that would come up like quarterly and service machines and swap some out so every three four months we'd we'd see some couple new ones pop up oh yeah Yeah. bowling alley is a a very good source of arcade games I know. I've, I still wish, you know, I, I've never seen one. I've, I, obviously, they're out there, but I just, you know, always the game that always impressed me the most as far as like being an arcade was that the Ninja Warriors, now with the three three screens yeah, wide. I've, I've heard you talk about that one a lot. I've never seen it in oh, person. Gosh. I was say, I, you know, I played that, but I was like in 89 or 90 or whatever when they had that for a while. And I've never seen another one since. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously they had to be out there, but they had to be ungodly expensive. I'm sure why, and and you know they stuck to quarters really well. I'm sure they made money for them, but uh, that was the only one I've ever seen. I never even saw one in another arcade. Um, that would be up there. It's like one of those ultimate things to have. Although I couldn't fit in my house, and my wife would probably <laughs> yeah. kill me. I, but, you know, I, I think yeah. I would risk my life for one. Of those, so maybe I would try it. I, I know it's not the same thing, but uh, the the only footage I've ever seen of them are people doing uh, like uh, playthroughs or long plays 
um, uh, the uh, there's a um, not a hack. It's like an official like you know modification to the Mame emulator where that game will play like triple wide in like ultra letterbox. So you actually can play it like in ultra wide, uh, you know, on a on a single monitor. So that's that's where I've seen how wide that gameplay looks. But same thing, I've never seen one in person. See, these days, though, you could do that because they have those ultra-wide monitors, right? Yeah, yeah. You could kind of get the experience. Yeah, it'd have to be the super, because the regular ultra-wide actually isn't as wide as two widescreen monitors. It's, like, a little bit less narrow. But then, like, those super ultra-wide ones, that one, you could do it. Oh, man, yeah. Like, the the 47. I think there's, like, the 34 is, like, the regular ultra-wide. And then, like, there's, like, it's, like, 47 corner-to-corner is the super ultra-wide. That's probably closer to the to the aspect but uh but yeah it's That's about it's... as close as i'd ever get <laughs> i think they use that same setup for one of the darius games um in the arcade i think there was that same setup uh, that they used for that but um yeah talk about unique mm-hmm. taito made some pretty the arcade games were really cool back then that yeah. was it. they had to make them really cool because you know it had to be the new flashy thing so people would come and spend all their money on it mm-hmm and uh yeah i mean you know i would go and me and my friend we would play games like that like ninja warriors we would play it till we beat it and you know that took a lot of money to get through those games even if you got pretty good at it yeah we i I, might have mentioned this at some point before but i remember you know the first like you know few dozen times we went to an arcade you get a couple bucks from your parents and like you it was like a shotgun blast okay play this 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 we're out of money right and then as i got a little bit older um, uh, the first time this happened was I got a roll of uh, $10 and quarters from one of my uncles while we were all on vacation and we're up in a party and we're kind of moping around because we're kids and we're like, oh, we're not having fun. So my Uncle Dan came to all of us and gave me, my brother, and my sister each a $10 roll of quarters. And it was all like, this is the most quarters we've ever seen at one time <laughs> in our lives. So we went downstairs and there was only like, you know, six or seven games in like the hotel's uh, game room. But I went straight to The Simpsons. And I put every single quarter in that roll of ten dollar quarters in the machine, and I was like, "All right, like we're beat, we're beating this game." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the, one of the first times I had a crowd of people around me, not because I was good at this game, but because like, dude, like this guy has forty seven lives. <laughs> he's going to win. He's, he's, he's going to do everything. So, um, but yeah, that's when I started being like, okay, instead of playing like a little bit of everything, I'm gonna pick a game, and like we are just gonna stay here until we finish it. And when you said that, it made me, made me think of that. I had a very similar story where we went to Vegas when I was a kid and mm-hmm. my grandpa won like 5,000 bucks or something in one of the slots. And he just gave all of the grandkids there like a big bucket of quarters to go yeah. and just play in the arcade. And yeah, and we just sat there and like finished like game after game. Like I've <laughs> never been able to do that. It was nice. awesome. Well, I think that was a big thing for me anyway, when street fighter became a big thing because if you got good at it, people keep would playing. keep playing you, mm-hmm. and yeah. you could go play a long time on a couple quarters, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, then somebody would come along and knock you off the machine, but yeah. a lot of times like, like you'd have scrubs or something that didn't know what they were doing. You could play for a really <laughs> yeah. long time. And, and I didn't I didn't think I was that good. Like, I, I you know, I probably thought I was okay, but, like, you know, I never expected to, like, you know, go on, like, a three, four, five win streak, right? So, like, this one time... I, you know, threw a couple quarters in and you know, like I beat this, you know, I was probably like, you know, eight or eight or 10 or something, uh, maybe a little bit older than that. And, um, uh, this, this dude comes in and like, you know, he's older, he's like a teenager and I beat him. And then like his friend puts in a quarter and like, you know, like I beat him 
And I didn't think I was doing that. I was, you know, I thought I was just having, being lucky. And like, they thought I was like a ringer. So like, they were like, okay, like, we'll take care of you. And they were like, like, Bobby, get Joey. <laughs> so like, they like got this, uh, like this friend of theirs who was like, not even in the uh, arcade area. They like called him down. Like, Hey, like Joe, like, come beat this kid. And Right then I in beat, the head, and then I beat yeah. that guy, which is like the, the, you know, that's the only time that like, I had like multiple like challengers uh, uh, coming at me and they were like, oh man, this kid's too good. And I was like, no, I'm really not good. These guys just aren't good at all. But uh, yeah, I, I remember like, there'd be like one dude and then like 37 people just in line to play him. And he's just beating like one after another. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember the same sort of thing happened one time when I I, I, I felt like I was pretty good. I don't Mm-hmm. know if I was ever like fantastic, but I do remember this one time I went to an arcade that I didn't usually go to, and uh, there's this young kid. I don't know, I mean, he wasn't crazy young, but he was a younger kid, and he was playing. That's it. Like these people would keep coming up, and he would just churn through them. And I was like, all right, I gotta play this kid. And yeah, he was really good. <laughs> he was really good. I was like, wow, man, he must spend a lot of time on this machine, but. Um, yeah, I played him a few times. I'm like, okay, man, this guy, it's it. You're kind of like, okay, I'm going to wait till you're done because I'm going to wipe every time. Um, but yeah, you know, that was, you know, oh gosh, the arcade game days. But so, Krabby, when you sold the store, did all the arcades and everything go with it? Was that part of the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Do you get unlimited credits when you go in there as like a favor? Like, I want to play these from free play or? Yeah, they're pretty nice to me. They, they've got like a LAN set up that, because my son's not as interested in arcade stuff, so they'll let him like play Fortnite or Minecraft on the LAN setup if I want to go play some arcade games for a bit. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Probably normally has a quarter with a uh, thread uh, through it anyway. So. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, that reminds me. What was it? Uh, my school. There was a Coke machine that was in my school. Yeah, uh, us, us too. <laughs> yeah, like back in the day when you could have a Coke machine in a school. Yep. But you could stick your arm up in it. And oh you could wow! Grab the lowest <laughs> level of coke and pull it out. You could only do it the lowest one. So that's it. You'd reach in there yeah. all the time and you'd just snag a coke, and then whoever paid for the next one wouldn't get one. Yeah. Our, ours wasn't that. Uh, uh, it was it was it was similar, but it wasn't that you know like obvious. Um, so we had a coke machine that like if you put one quarter in and then like waited for it to make its whole journey to be authenticated, um, it would like accept the quarter and it's like okay, you gave me twenty five cents. But if you like. kept putting quarters in like too fast like one part of the mechanism would be like okay this guy legit put a quarter in but another part of the mechanism would be like whoa 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 this guy's too fast give him all the quarters back <laughs> so but but you had to you know you had to do it fast enough so we you have to go in like a group of three so one guy is like putting a quarter in the machine The guy at the bottom of the machine is like taking the refunded quarters and like putting them in the quarter feeder's hand, and then a third person is just grabbing the cokes that come out and like pressing the coke button over and over again. So it probably looks silly <laughs> to an outsider, but you would get unlimited cokes with like three quarters, and then you ended up getting them all back. So nice. Well, when you That's were a awesome. kid, you were like free cokes, man. Yep. Yep, and we probably didn't. the The only reason we didn't get in trouble is probably because we didn't then try to sell them in the cafeteria. Because that then they would be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Can't be taking no money away from the cafeteria." Well, and there wasn't cameras everywhere like there is today. Yeah, you could yeah. be a little bit of a delinquent and get away with it. Different times, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, um, I guess enough of the reminiscing. Um, normally, this part of the show we would do some Q and A, but um, we've. We've actually gotten on board this episode so quickly, which is not, I guess, normal for us. But 
Uh, we haven't got the other show out yet because of the time we're recording this. So I didn't want to put questions out and people just spend all the time trying to go like, hey, what the heck happened? I just already gave you some questions. Why just didn't you answer them? copy and paste their last question. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll do more Q&A next time around. So it'll come back. We're not ignoring you. It's a really fun part of the show. But uh, it probably would have just taken way too much explanation. Yeah. Um, we're just going to skip to the A. Yeah, sure. It's uh, all whatever you want. That's the answer. Yes, <laughs> no, maybe, yes. Yes, um, but o- only after midnight. Never <laughs> after midnight. But I want gremlins. <laughs> episode um because you know when we were doing this show before i mean you know we did like uh, you know i went back and looked we did like one tiny episode like at the beginning of 2018 and then like what like middle of 2017 and then you know so uh, in the meantime while we've been on somewhat of a hiatus this whole limited run gaming thing has really taken off in the gaming and collecting space so I think we wanted to take a few minutes and, and kind of address this and talk about our thoughts and and this very unique situation that's come about. And um, so that's it. So Krabby, you, you've got a few notes here. I'm going to let you get started. Um, you've got a few of these companies listed here, although I think there's more of them, right? There, there is definitely more. I just put down, I think, the most prominent ones. There, yeah. There's at least uh, another half dozen, probably more than that, I'm not aware of, too. All right, so you want to rattle some of these off? Yes, I think the, the biggest one, the, the one that kind of started it and popularized it, was Limited Run Games. Um, and then through them, there's been Super Rare Games, Special Reserve Games, Strictly Limited Games, uh, Play Asia puts out their own stuff like that, and I Am 8-Bit is another fairly big one that, uh, that focuses more on the retro side, whereas a lot of these other ones, they'll... They'll pull newer titles as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... Uh, and like limited run games, the idea to some degree when they started out was, hey, let's take indie titles mm-hmm. that would well, not their, their, normally... their first game was a game that one of the creators of the company had developed and said, hey, I want, to like, I want a physical version of this game so it always exists. It was, it was his own game he was publishing that way. And wasn't the story that basically like they didn't have any idea if this was even going to work and this might be the very end of the company, but they were just going to try this crazy idea and see what happens, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, you know, like the Final Fantasy story kind of all over again. <laughs> yeah, but so with a much less your, good game. Yeah, just gamble your company 
on this one last shot because you have nothing to lose, right? You're gonna, you're probably done anyway. I think that's um, the mindset they had, and they were just like, even if we lose, you know, our game exists for eternity now, like for our lifetimes anyway. Yeah, I can own a copy, um, but to their surprise, right, it did fantastically well. Uh, they sold all their copies. Um, which and there's, there's small print runs, so they, they were hopeful, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, I want to think about this stuff for a minute, you know, because um, I guess first kind of talking about the platforms, right? Because uh, you've got started off basically with... Um, Vita. Yeah, like the, mm-hmm. the Vita being like the prime platform which kind of makes sense i guess right because the vita at that point in time still was not doing really well um and so i'm sure sony was like yeah you're gonna pay us to make vita games <laughs> of course you know what i mean <laughs> like we probably have like piles of these things sitting somewhere yeah. please buy we got all them. these cases all these game chips yeah i mean if you're sony you're probably like yeah sure whatever like i'm sure yeah. they had a minimum order quantity but I'm going to yeah. guess it was probably pretty doggone low. Which yeah, I think it was like a couple that, thousand, right? Dave, yeah, a lot of theirs are like two to 5,000. Yeah. yeah, they've said uh, the only reason they don't publish on Microsoft consoles is because their minimum order is, is too high. I've, I've read that same thing, is that they're like, they're like we, you know, we would do it, but that's exactly the reason. Yeah. And so I'm going to guess really that Again, it was kind of the stars aligning to a degree because I'm going to guess if this was something like PlayStation 4 and they had done this right off the bat up front and been like, we want to make like a thousand games, they would have been like, get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who Why are you? Even yeah. talk to you? <laughs> but since it happened to be Vita, they're like, God almighty, somebody wants to make Vita games, please, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yes. I'm sure Sony wanted the software on there. They weren't... Uh other than a few like niche publishers like NIS, like there's not a lot of companies that really supported the Vita for very long. Right. And I mean, the Vita got tons of support digitally. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. But the problem being, there was not a tremendous amount of physical releases. Right. Yep. So don't get me wrong. Cause I know I can just, I can hear the, the rich and Sean hate beaming down the back of my <laughs> neck talking about the Vita. But I'm not trying to bash it. I'm just saying physically... It was just, just facts. Not... Just facts. Well, I just physically it wasn't doing gangbusters selling carts, right? I mean, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's very, done very well as a, a digital platform. Yeah. And and just put it out there, I really, really liked my Vita. I liked the, the feel of it. I liked playing it. I thought the interface was super slick. Uh, it was my little Final Fantasy machine for a while. I had 10, 10 2 on it. I had, uh, uh, you know, 6, and, you know, it had a whole bunch of, like, kind of like the classic uh, stuff downloaded on it. It was phenomenal. It was exactly what you said, though. There there was not a lot of non-digital uh, game support for it where somebody wanted to put anything physical out for it. And uh, you can call me the bachelor. I couldn't get rid of my Vita fast enough. <laughs> it wasn't for me, which is fine, right? Not everything. But I love my sure. PSP. So, you know, it wasn't that I'm just a, ba- a hater. It's just mm-hmm. there wasn't – I like to collect physical things, right? That's what I like. And there wasn't a lot of stuff that I like on that machine that was available. You know, not the kind of stuff Fair. for me. Yeah, I'll um, allow it. Still, was it a fine machine? Yes, a beautiful screen, right? 
really well made. And and Krabby, you've you've got some beta stuff, right? Yeah, I've actually been playing Dungan Rampa two on it um, for the playcast this month. That's the first time I've pulled it out in quite a while, actually. Yeah, I've uh, I've had to store my PSP like in a, a plastic baggie so it doesn't get too dusty when <laughs> I'm not using it. <laughs> so that's that's my keep it. Can't but... tell if burn or not. <laughs> No, really, seriously, I do like my PSP a lot. I've got a lot of really great PSP games. And I think if some of the titles that are like what came out on the PSP came out physically for the Vita, I would have been much more on board. Mm. Um, I really do like the PSP library. Mm. Um, But getting back to this, right, I think that was, you know, the stars kind of aligned to a certain degree to let them have this shot. Um, And... Like anything, right? When you create false scarcity in something, the market responds, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those early games they put out, like they've stayed true to their word and they haven't done second runs and they are super pricey now on the secondhand market. And I think that was a big concern early on, right? That they would, I think people, a lot of people were early on watching them to go, are, is this really limited? Or if you make it up, mm-hmm. are you going to be like, no, we'll do another run. Right. Yeah, right. No, they, they seem like I've seen a bunch of interviews with, with the dudes. They, they seem like really solid human beings and they, they've stuck to their word and people bug them about some stuff. Like when they, like they have republished games on different platforms and I know they've taken some flack for that. Um, and then they've just, in the more recent years, started opening things up to pre-order. That rather than having a limited uh, quantity, they will like just fill the order until the timeline's done, and then ship out right. X amount of copies, kind of thing. But which, which honestly, I, I'm a bit of a bigger fan of um, because uh, I'm I'm more interested on the uh, on the soundtrack. Uh, like as far as collecting physical things. I'm more into like the vinyl soundtrack side now than uh, than most of the limited run uh, games that are coming out for Switch and and this and that. So and a lot of times like the like the Ninja Turtles, um, uh, uh, Turtles in Time uh, vinyl that just came out uh, like a week or two ago on IM8 Bit that like you know in like 30 minutes like that that picture disc uh, pizza was sold out. <laughs> um, I you know like to me like it doesn't make it any better like if it's you know like 500 copies versus 1500. Either way, like if you don't get in on it in that first week or two, it's going to be gone. So, like to me, like the number doesn't make as much of a difference. But if it makes it easier for me to acquire it by doing that pre-order, I'm 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 in on that. I like that too, because um, they've typically, at least with limited run, they're open for three to four weeks window. So I've got mm-hmm. a paycheck or two to juggle around too. If there's a specific game I'm very interested in, mm-hmm. I I don't have to you know, do it on my phone because I'm out with my family at specifically seven o'clock when the pre-orders go up, like, cause they'll <laughs> right. be gone in two to three minutes. Like, yeah. yeah. Literally. And yeah. to you, and to your point a second ago about them taking some flack about doing stuff on other platforms, what I really appreciate them doing though, you know, at least, you know, I, I, you know, as far like the collector side of me would appreciate is they number their releases. So if Saturday morning RPG was limited run release number two, then when they put it out on Switch, it's like not number two. It's you know it's 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 number five. You know like whatever like the next the number. At this point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I, I like that it's not. Uh, there's at least that like small differentiation. It's like the Canadian flag versus the U.S. flag on the RF Generation <laughs> uh, collection tool. Exactly the same. <laughs> the bane of Krabby's existence. I like to mention that every once in a while. <laughs> No, I hear you exactly. Like uh, Bill, same thing. Like there was just recently, um, there's a Bloodborne um, 
vinyl release and mm-hmm. it was that same sort of thing like yeah they're gonna do these but like if you want this certain with all this extra stuff in it we only have this many and you have to order it and i had to like sit there and just like refresh the stupid thing yeah because it's like on it's from britain so i have to be on their time and sit at the computer and refresh this thing like crazy just so i can get my order in which i did but or like when the limited run games like when there's stuff come up with that I'm like yeah i'm at work i mean i have right. to sit hope i have to hope it's not busy at work so i can right. sit and hammer this stupid thing my shift ends at 7 a.m. when their first batch usually goes live in the morning. So oh. a lot of times, like, I let my coworker know. I'm like, I'm just going to sit in the office for the next 10 minutes and, and do stuff on my laptop. <laughs> I'm just going to tape down the F5 button and uh, wait right here for a little yeah. while, right? And, and I've never missed anything doing that that, I, that I've tried to get. But it is a pain where I prefer the luxury of having whatever time I want with the pre-orders. Mm-hmm. I've lost a few things in a cart before, and that's to me a little frustrating. Is yeah, I'm in the sure. cart, I'm trying to check out, and then by the it gripes and glitches because obviously too much is trying to go on, and then by the time right. something works, it goes. Beep, Was that on limited done. run or another site? Because I feel like I limited run that. like locks it into my cart once I'm in there, at least recently. I had that happen to limited run early on. Okay, uh, and then I recently had that with another publisher. Because um, right. in the that last year, I'm pretty sure they've got it now. So once it's in your cart, like you're safe yeah. to like, you can yeah. take your time to fill out your credit card info and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Early and on, it, it was not like that. The, the sites that make me feel good is when you put something in your cart and it says, okay, it's in your cart. It doesn't guarantee you have it, but it also gives you like a timer. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, you have six minutes or eight minutes or whatever <laughs> it is. So then like, okay, I can, I can calm down and like enter my credit card number sure. correctly. Yeah. yeah cause because... like. With limited run every January first, they do uh, overstock sale because they keep extra copies of games um, in case they had shipping problems or things mm-hmm. got wrecked in transit, so they can replace them. And then they sell the excess stock. So I usually go there and try and get like half a dozen of the games I missed throughout the year that I just you know couldn't afford at that time or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'm like frantically trying to get everything in my cart and then get the cart loaded up as quick as possible because it's more than just the one title at a time. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to have to lose out if you took the time to be there and you did all this other stuff and just because PayPal is glitching right this minute or something, right? And then, whoop, yeah. sorry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's what I had happen this other one. It was uh, a release. Um, I think it was a European, one of these li- European limited places, and, and that was it. I just couldn't get PayPal to work right, and then by the time I finally got to work right, beep, it's gone. It's like brutal. Yeah, because okay. almost any of these games, with a few exceptions, are like minimum double the price you'd pay if you get them within a month or two. Like I bought the, um, I missed out on the Shantae games that Limited Run did pretty early. Mm-hmm. They were not cheap to acquire afterwards, either of them. I know, there was a, a Switch game that came out. Um, it's like Lone Wolf. Uh, they did a a copy of that I think in the UK or something and they did it was one of these limited release things and I didn't even have no clue that it even happened, right? I mean, like nobody would yeah. talked about it or anything else. And now I'm like, well crap. Now what? You know, I guess I could go on eBay and pay a lot, but right. 
and, and and part of that too and what that fuels is just the resaleability of something without like without even being like interested in it um Mm -hmm. and without you know pointing fingers at at resellers or scalpers or anything because we all you know sell a thing from from time to time but speak i mentioned uh records before so in that kind of same vein a friend of mine um pinged me and was like oh hey like x site has you know this game soundtrack like it's going on say it's like a seven inch supplemental thing it's going on sale tomorrow it's like 40 bucks and i was like oh no i appreciate the heads up but like you know i'm not you know i'm not super into that soundtrack thanks though And they're, and I don't want to say like, you know, what site it was or what the, but, um, but they were like, oh yeah, but like, uh, but stuff from, stuff from these guys resells, you know, for like twice the price, like in a couple yeah. weeks. So like, just get it anyway. Uh-huh. So I, I, I do wonder how many people out there are just like, okay, just, just getting it, just getting it, just getting it. And then, you know, there, there was one uh, person at a local like video game trading event that I went to, like maybe like, it's probably like a couple of years ago by this point. Um, but it was, uh, uh, you know, everyone kind of goes to the game store and you have your little, you know, everyone brings their little like banker box, like full of games and stuff. So this one, you know, couple, they're very nice, uh, very nice guy and girl. I like them both a lot, but they had just like stacks of limited uh... run games. That's all they were selling is like sealed limited run games. and like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Which I mean, they try to deal with by limiting the quantity you can order. Right. But I mean, you just have multiple people do it. It's not that tricky. Yeah. yeah. And um, like, like putting these complaints aside, um, if this is the way these companies have to sell their games to ensure they stay in business and keep doing it, I'm I'd rather have these games exist and have a crazy secondhand market than just not have them here at all. Right, but the the doing the the pre-order method where okay, like you can make your order between this date and this date. It it lets like everyone, you know, I feel like everybody wins more in that scenario than like you know, okay, make your order right now until they're gone. Well, and I think that proves the point, right? You don't have to do these tiny runs because you've shown that the pre-order system you've set up works just fine. <laughs> you know what I mean, so seems to be good so far. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious if they because they still do a good like a 50 50 kind of split between the two styles so i'm wondering mm. if some companies request one or the other or, or why they how they choose which title gets which kind of treatment yeah i'm i'm really curious yeah. about the um uh, i don't know if they've released the details yet i haven't seen them yet but uh, you know earlier in the year when they announced like okay here's like the next like you know 900 things were put it feels like they announced <laughs> like a billion things but there was a whole bunch of like LucasArts and Star Wars PC they, games. They had maybe my favorite E3 press oh, conference of this last year. It was so man, fun to watch. Man, so it was fun. great. And and like for someone like me who like in case I haven't already mentioned it a few times already, I I still uh, am am interested in in collecting uh, uh you know physical items. Not as much so as I used to be. The 32X collection is set. It's sitting up there. It's great. It's done. <laughs> um, the NES stuff I've kind of pared down to like my favorites, and that's it. I keep. I still collect any hockey game that I don't have. Um, but my my physical collecting is is much much uh, slowed down compared to what it used to be. But the only thing that uh, Limited Run has my attention on, uh, and and I, I forgot to mention, I'm not all that interested in collecting physical switch stuff i just don't think the plastic cases and the cards are that interesting um that but that's just me uh so i'm not into those but the p when they started talking about pc stuff i'm i also collect big box <laughs> pc i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> this might not be and then when they when they did the um what was it the shadows of the empire uh cart yeah. 
with the packaging they threw together for that. I the was like, Kenner oh, style stuff I was like, God those. help me when they release something <laughs> that I must have. Well, they haven't set up like, a really platform similar to yet because I'm, I'm with you. I'm really interested in seeing maybe picking up like Dark Forces and mm. uh, X-Wing, um, but they haven't said like what, if they're coming out on PC, are they coming out on PS4? Like, because that seems to be their yeah. preferred platform these days. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, 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 and the Monkey Island. I mean, there's so yeah. many. So I'm, I'm super, super interested in seeing where that goes. Yeah. You know, it's, but we're going back to this whole pre-order versus thing. Like, they'll mm-hmm. probably do pre-orders for that. And I'm going to guess probably because LucasArts went, no, we don't want. I think all this Star Wars we stuff so far many. has been pre-order. Yeah. 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 Re- yeah. Because they're going to go, no, if we want, if we can sell 10,000 of these things, on it, we want to sell 10,000. <laughs> to, to make both types of customers happy, though, too, they usually put out that like special edition, and that one sure. is limited. And then they put out the regular edition, which is game package manual for, for most of us for pre-order. Which I'm, that, to me, seems like a wiser yeah. choice. Um, I get it then if you don't get like the crazy, goofy, you know, this million... You know, which is cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I bought some of those, <laughs> but um, I was double checking before we started. I have thirty limited run games at the moment. Wow. Okay, I don't have that. I've and then a few. Does, does that a few include sprinkled the, uh... in from other companies as well? But those ones are just limited run. And that doesn't include the Rogue Legacy that you have ordered and has not shown up yet. No, that one the pre-order actually just closed today as we're recording this. Those oh, won't gotcha. won't ship for a month or so. You always did have to you, wait did patiently. You... Did yeah. you purchase the twelve dollar keychain? I did not. <laughs> that that stuff kind of bugs me a little bit. Like <laughs> if there's going to be like a limited edition that's actually like the packaging is cool or it's a metal box or something like that. But I mean, years ago at Best Buy when like you know like Madden you know two thousand one would come out or whatever, like people would come in there. Okay, like my kid wants Madden, and I'm like, okay, like do you want this regular one for sixty dollars or do you want like the one with you know. Uh, 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 an extra, extra, extra small Madden t-shirt for like 22 <laughs> extra dollars, you know, like garbage add-ins like have always bothered me. And, uh, you know, when I see something like, oh, like the game's like, you know, oh, the game alone, $29. Do you want a tiny keychain to go along with it? $43, you know? So like, I, I know it's just like a little extra thing, but it like garbage add-ons bug me. I'm starting to agree with you where I, I've used to buy so many of those. And more recently, with especially recently with specialists like half the content's like digital and I could care less about that. I'm not giving yep. money for that. But like uh Octopath Traveler I got um and I got the special edition for that and it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Mm. And then I looked at the last like six I'd got before that and I'm like these are don't stand up to this. Like I really gotta and they take up so yep. much room too usually. Yep. The big boxes and stuff. So yeah, I'm being a lot more picky and, and even thinking about just tossing out some of those old ones like selling them or trading them for just the standard mm. editions. My favorite special editions that don't take up any more room than the regular editions are like the Kingdom Hearts uh, PlayStation 3 uh, like collector edition with like that little like hardcover book and the slipcover. Uh, and Final Fantasy X had that same uh, uh, same style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, like to me, like it doesn't take like some of these big monster, you know, like the Skyrim that come with like the, the dragon statue. Like, or, like, <laughs> That's what I gave helmet. away recently, actually. Yeah. yeah. Or like the, like the halo helmet, like that, like, you know, it was supposed to be like they were talking about before, like, is this really limited? And then like, you see halo helmets, like at every single trading event, like you ever yeah. go to. So, um, I, yeah. And I don't know if it's a product of being older or just that I live in like a relatively small house that keeps getting more roommates. 
Um, and like, there's just not as much room to, you know, just keep putting stuff in the house, yeah. even though it's small stuff. So I find myself just wanting less quality things as opposed to more tchotchkes. I, I still like the, the knickknacks like, uh, Catherine is one of my favorite special editions where it came in like the pizza box with like boxers and, mm. and the uh, pillowcase and everything. It was all this stuff that was like really celebrating the game in it. It wasn't, didn't feel right. just thrown together just cause like, what does a keychain have to do with Rogue Legacy? Like nothing. Right. It, it felt curated. Like someone yeah. cared about like putting that yes, experience together that's for the somebody. Perfect word for it. Yeah. 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 It hurts me that I missed out on that Octopath set, but uh, yeah. It was my pre-twitch. It was pre-switch days, but because uh, they the um, the two bravely default special editions are they, that same idea. They're just really well done. Um, Didn't one of them just have like a pack of playing cards in it? No, there's they've had like art books there's and a, other and a soundtrack too, yeah. and a nice box that it comes in, and yeah, no, they're nice. Um, but I mean, I guess there we're pointing fingers is. Um, Nintendo's done this for quite a while and, and I think has also upset some people, right? Like, oh, this is only going to be sold at the New York Nintendo store. Oh, yeah, exclusive. Yeah. Uh, yeah exclusive to locations, like frustrating. Yeah, like, no, if you're not happen to be here, you have no chance of this thing at all, you know? Yeah, like, they did that with, like, uh, Mario Kart 8. Um, they had a really cool special edition with, like, a blue turtle shell kind of trophy thing with it. And, yeah, like, that was the only place you could get them. Yeah, I know. I my my friend uh, unfortunately passed away um, about a year ago. He, he he had that. He bought that on eBay. Paid a lot of money for it, which is kind of yeah, kind of killed. You it, have you know? to like I can't even get those in my country. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, and I get it. It's a publicity thing for them, but I don't know. At least these limited run games that they're sold online you have a shot yeah. at them yep. you know but uh, you know and that's the thing i everything everybody's got to watch out for these things and i need like a website that's just i can put one of these things <laughs> in that will alert me like hey you idiot yep. watch when out I, this yeah. thing is coming when i was doing a little bit of research for the show i found a website that does that and they had oh. all these disclaimers <laughs> on it that were like we miss so much stuff. Like, please email us when we miss things because we can't keep up. Oh, there's a, so much of it. These, I know like, yeah. there's, um, I really want to try to get metal wolf chaos. That's coming yep. out physically. Um, but my chances of remembering that exact date and time when it goes on sale are probably not right. high. <laughs> you know yeah. Mean? Yeah. It's, it's, I know this is like you know, way off topic, but just when you talk about like an aggregator like that, like I used to like, I was in a position in my life where I needed like clothes, like my wardrobe was like, like old and ratty and falling apart. And I never buy clothes for myself. And I'm like, okay, I need some more t-shirts. And people were like, oh, you got to check out, you know, ripped or, oh, you got to check out Yeti or, oh, busted tees is good. Oh, threadless is good. I'm like, guys, I can't be going to like 90. And they're like, oh, they all have like daily deals. So they'll be like, you know, like one, like $5 shirt every day. So I looked up, I was like, how do I find like all these? So there's a website just called, it's called day of the shirt and it oh, just boy. aggregates every t-shirts like daily deal but it's, it's it's exactly the same thing like when there's so many places doing like timed releases special releases you know you got to sign up here get in line here only on our mailing list exclusive email code it's like you could you drive yourself crazy just like trying to get in a position where you can get the stuff that you actually want yeah and i don't know if that enhances it i don't know if, i guess what i'm trying to get to is a lot of these things I do end up getting what I want because, mm -hmm. 
you know, most of the time, if I want something, I'll be in that first three minutes and inconvenience myself. Yeah. But I have to ask, am I happy about the process? Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy that system? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes, like the product. Sometimes it's frustrating. Like right now, like I mentioned, the uh, the January 1st um, sale that Limited Run does. Mm-hmm. So I, I grabbed a bunch of stuff there, like seven games, I think it was. Um, wow. But they also had the pre-orders up for Celeste, which I knew I was really interested in. Mm. Because that is on the same cart as the other games I got in January... I'm still waiting for them to print Celeste and ship the whole bundle. So there's like oh. eight <laughs> games they're holding on, and, and it's going to be October dude, by the time I get everything. I mean, but like th- they have all this stock. Their goal is to get rid of it. They have to know that this is going to happen, right? Like they wouldn't just give you the option like, hey, like do you want to pay an extra five bucks and like we'll split it in two boxes? Yeah, I haven't pushed them Man. on that, but I did like message them just to make sure like they didn't forget and they're still waiting in their oh, shipping warehouse. There's you just really a box with a maple leaf. For ten months, that's what they, I've been told in the oh, last two months. So a, there's just a box with a maple leaf on it, like in their attic. Like, yeah, right. It'll eventually, at this point, yeah. eventually it'll get there. Man, that's well, because I mean, you deal with an Amazon, right? Like, you, yeah. if you order ten things, or like, do you want us to like ship these like as they become available, or you know, like, how do you want us to do this? Yeah, but that's that's fun. No, because like, I, and it's not entirely like. Celeste was supposed to be out a lot earlier in the year, but then the company said, like, hey, we're doing this other DLC, and Limited Run's like, well, we'll hold the game back so we can get everything. Once that DLC's out, we'll put everything on the cart so you don't have an incomplete package. So mm. I'm happy to wait for that to be complete, but, yeah, it just kind of stinks that all the stuff got attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like... Don't get me wrong, I like the company, and I like what they're providing, because without... Well, I would say in the past, without it, they wouldn't exist but now there's a million companies doing it so it probably it's crazy be. how quick everyone else popped up like after they had a good first year there's money Let's to be see. made and their their formula is not very tricky to copy no yeah and they can't do every game that's out there yeah they can't no. keep up which brings me to another point that i want to talk about is we're getting to the point now where there are different limited release companies in different regions releasing the same game <laughs> in limited quantities for each region. Have you guys seen this? Uh, Europe, I've seen that a few times in. Yeah, and Play Asia has done that, where they'll sell one that's then coming um, you know, somewhere else. Maybe the title gets uh, changed a little bit for a different audience, but you know, it's like, I, you kind of, at some point you're like, I don't, you know, if I look and play Asia says I'm selling it and I'm the only one selling it and it's a limited release, you kind of start to go like, well, should I get it? Or should I just wait and see what happens on the American side of things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, to go back to Bill's vinyl, I, I did that earlier last year. Um, there was a German company putting out a press of the earthworm gym soundtrack and it was awesome and it took me forever to get it because they had issues with my address and one got lost and they had to resend another one and I finally got it like four months after it was supposed to arrive and then like two weeks later like they're doing a US release for it and I'm like oh well that would have been a lot easier and the shipping would have been half as much I know I wish somehow you could know that and they may not know and be able to tell you anyway because there could be a deal that's still in the works and I get that but 
sometimes you're like, dang, I, right. again, it throws it, another wrench in the works, right? Yeah. It, it's the reason I haven't replaced my Axiom Verge vinyl, um, which I was lucky enough to get from a friend uh, uh, who got it. Uh, he got a, like a review copy um, and, uh, you know, just decided to keep it. And then like, so like a couple of years later, I was talking to another buddy and I'm like, oh, it's one of my favorite game soundtracks. I would really love the vinyl, but it's like out of print and super expensive. And he was like, oh, like, you know, so-and-so has one. He got it for a release, you know, like a review copy. See if he'll, he'll give it to you. So I, I call him up and he's like, oh yeah, sure. Like here, take it, you know, give me whatever you think's fair. And I gave him some stuff and like, so everyone's happy. And I've mentioned those little roommates that uh, we have. Uh, so uh, one of the cool things about vinyl records when they spin on a turntable is I guess they look like Hot Wheels can just race oh, right on them. Oh, no. So I, I, I found it happening, and it was like – it was like just like you'd expect in the movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So like ran over, like got him off there and then like turned it on and, uh, you know, like st started playing the first track. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's okay. And it was like, it was like oh, it's garbage now. So I've, I've emailed uh, Tom Hap several times, tweeted at him several times. I don't want to bother him any more than I already have. Um, he's, of course, ignored me because he probably gets these tweets like, you know, 10 times a week. Um, and I even uh, like emailed and tweeted at Ship to Shore who made the, the release and Hap has not said anything, and all Ship to Shore has said, like their exact words were, there will never be another repressing of this, at least not on Ship to Shore, which is a really final way to say that, right? So like yeah. now I'm, le I'm left with like, okay, do I go on the secondary market, you know, like, and, and, and you know, pay a price that I don't want to pay for one of my favorite vinyl soundtracks? Or, you know, will it show up on IM8-bit in a year? You know, like you just don't know. Yeah, that's well. That's like this, like I said, I this this Bloodborne album. You know, um, I have no idea if they'll do a U.S. release of this thing. I don't know if mm -hmm. somebody probably did a deal with Sony Europe over there, but it's gotta they, wait till they announce Bloodborne two. Then there'll be that Bloodborne hype again. Yeah, I exactly. Dream, I dream, but but I mean that's it. That's it. there's it's so fractured around the world, and certain people have publishing rights here, and they'll sew them up, but they're only sewing them up for their region, right? Yeah. So I, you know, that's the confusing part with all these because a lot of these companies are in different regions. So I think that's a tough part. And we even like at RF Generation struggled with this when this first came out because um, when Limited Run Games was the first one, right? Um, they were getting classified as worldwide releases. Hmm. And you'll remember, guys, remember that it was that ESRB thing. Do you remember Krabby when they had like to deal with the ERSRB and they thought like maybe this whole oh, thing is going to yep. get tanked? I do. I do. Because they weren't rating any of their games. And then the ESRB was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You can't you're not do that. that small. You got to sneak. You're not going to sneak under the radar. Yeah. Right. They're like, we want our money. <laughs> so <laughs> the government wants their money. Well, I guess they're not government, but uh, they're, uh, they're in the industry, right? So industry controls. Yeah. Um, so they were worried, like, oh, this is going to sink our company. I don't know if we can afford to do this. And anyway, whatever it was, they figured it out. But then that suddenly made it very plain and clear to us that, oh, if the ESRB governs this thing, these are not worldwide releases. These are North American releases, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have to go back and reclassify all this stuff. And now trying to do that well in a database is tough because... How do you decide? Is it the country of origin 
for the publisher. I mean, we kind of have to look at it that way now, but um, it's it's kind of muddied the waters a little bit, you know? Maybe it's yes. just me. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, for sure. You, you probably have to deal with it a lot more on, on the database side, but um, yeah, I could see the extra frustration yeah. there for sure. Yeah, I, we deal on it a lot, and then people that are gung-ho, which I can totally, I respect very much their enthusiasm, but like the instant uh, one of these games gets announced, people want to add to the database and put a, and like, no, you have to wait yeah. until this thing comes out because what if it doesn't come out, right? right. Or what if something changes or you, you just calm down? And I wonder when we'll hit a point where they do a pre-order, fill and they don't make enough to, to minimum order through the pre-orders. It'd be interesting. I don't yeah. know. You think that they probably have to, in order to do it, they probably have to, write some kind of agreement that they'll buy at least X number of copies, right. don't you think? Whether they sell or not. of, like, people who, like, are, like, reviewing games on, like, Amazon and, like, whatever site, like, months before they release. Like, they obviously haven't played them? Yeah, like, uh, like, let's just, it's, I, and, and but Deuce right like it's it's just enthusiasm like you're thinking about the thing you're excited it it's there you want to put it in the database and you want to click that button as, as soon as you you know like you want to like add it to your collection and make a note that says pre-ordered yeah, <laughs> so, like, I want that in my wish list so I'm right. ready and like I said I totally get the enthusiasm oh it's the same sort of thing like yeah I'll go on Amazon and there'll be like questions and answers already about a product that doesn't exist yet and you're yeah. like, wait a minute, or, or, how do you... Or like, like Kingdom Hearts 3 forever. It was like, five star, five star. This is the best game series ever. <laughs> the, the game's like two years away, dude. <laughs> and yeah, that's such like... a weird development. Like, that was totally up in the air at that point, too. Yeah. Especially when there's not even, like, box art. It's just like a black slate with the name of the game. That, that's <laughs> that's the, the best is when the box art says December 31st, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, um... So I'm curious to talk about this. So, Krabby, you said how many of these do you think you've got? I've got 30 limited run games, and then just with the sprinkling I've got of other uh, publishers, I'm probably somewhere between 40 and 45 total. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're definitely all in on this. You like they, this They system, got but... me. But yeah, like I hear about <laughs> games like uh, like The Messenger and Celeste where I'm like, this sounds amazing. I'm never going to buy it digitally. And then one of these companies picks up and like, awesome. Now I have a reason to throw some money down. Like Bill's been suggesting rogue legacy for a long time. So that one's been on my radar for a while. So even though that's uh, several years old now, it was really cool to see it like pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and you're, you're definitely like the, the, like the audience for this Mm. type of thing, because I mean, uh, and I don't really think about it that way sometimes because even like a lot of people I know who collect, like, they'll still grab the odd you know downloadable game here and there they'll like dabble a little bit but they prefer a physical um but for for someone like you who like you know we'll be talking about you know year, like like you said years ago we'll be talking about you know this game this game this game and you're like yeah sounds amazing if it, if you know if it, there's ever a physical version i'll play it you know so like i could imagine this kind of being like like almost like games that not that you missed years ago but like games that you never felt were you know you know, like it, like it wasn't, you didn't feel appropriate playing it, you know, like digitally. So I could see this kind of being like your candy store. Like, oh, we got it that is. thing that you always wanted. When And, and I try and keep somewhat uh, involved in what they're putting out throughout the year so I don't miss those opportunities. But when I do the, because it's been multiple times I've done that day one, January 1st sale, where I'll, I'll look back 
like the last week of December at what, what they're putting out. And the, usually I end up with a cart full of games I've never heard of before. There's mm. really cool little indie digital games that I just can't keep up with because of so, like there's thousands of games released every year now. Yep. So I, I've pull, I've got some like really cool games I've never heard of just to try them like that too. Like I got one called Drive Drive Drive, where you play as three cars at the same time and you're controlling all of them and you have to switch <laughs> between them and they're all on separate tracks. <laughs> it's so much fun. And then uh, I got one called Escape Goat Two, and I, I didn't even know there was an Escape Goat One, <laughs> but mm. it's like a single screen platforming puzzle game and me and my son had like the best weekend playing this stupid game where you had to get you goat and escape a uh, castle okay crazy yeah so the, like both like all the the big games that get the press like the messenger and celeste and stuff like i'm super happy to have those i'm just yeah. as happy to have these weird niche games that i would have totally missed out on otherwise so has there been anything that has showed up from them yet that you played and you were like, uh, you know, th- this isn't all that I was hoping for? Or are you like completely satisfied with almost everything you've tried so far? No, the, you got to curate it. There's a lot of junky ones too. I'd say it's almost like 50-50. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I like when I had the store too, like especially when they first started doing Switch games, everyone was like really hot on it. Like let's get these quick for the Switch. And they, mm-hmm. they come into the store after a while and I try them out and I don't know why anyone wanted to press these other than the people right. that worked on them. Like they're a lot of really terrible ones too. Are there any collectors that you guys have seen out in the wild or just people that you know that go after each one of them and like store them in their collection from oh, number definitely. one on? I have one friend who does that specifically with just the Vita games. Like he got mm-hmm. in limited run like real early and he, he got the, the first batch of them and uh, he's kind of kept up I think just with the Vita um, I don't think he's jumped over on the PS4 and Switch side, though. Yeah, I yeah, would I've, say... I haven't seen anyone locally do that. Uh, you have, Chris? Well, I, here's the thing. is If you watch, like, uh, like Limited Run Games, like, Twitter account, every once in a while they'll do these weird things, like um, they'll do a cover art variation of somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So, like, Special Reserve yeah. Games will release something, and they'll do a Limited Run release that just has a different cover. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they will say very clearly... This is not does not count as one of our releases, and so if you don't have this, this does not mean you don't have a full collection. No, <laughs> they'll send tweets out that say that. So right. yeah, you know there are people that are, and they've even said that. I've even seen messages where like, if they have these diehard people that buy every single release, and let's say they miss one, if they contact them, they'll help them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they, yeah, they, they don't want that streak broken. Well, and they know who butters their bread. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like they look, cause once that streak is broken, there's a possibility that this person who buys literally everything is going to be like, Oh, yeah. well, if you miss that one, you might not get the next 10. Right. right. Yeah. They might decide, well, screw it. I'm done now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you, you, when the but, attic, but when the yeah. attic needs a hit, you help the, yeah. you help the I, attic. I, and, I, and I'm, and I'm the same way. Like I'm relatively new with the vinyl thing, but like, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like they'll like, you know, I am eight bit. We'll do a shadow of the Colossus and it's like beautiful packaging, beautiful vinyl, uh, sounds great. Looks great. And it's like, Oh yeah, I'm all in. And then they'll also do like the luminous soundtrack. And it's like, okay. Like I'm, I'm all right, you know I'm good, you know. It, but it's, oh, I, I didn't mean them. I meant um uh, uh, data discs because they they number their releases. Right. And I know there are people who have oh there's data discs, you know like one two three four you have them all. And I always kind of looked at it like 
it's great that they do that for the collector that like has to have, have all those numbers. But I just look at a lot of those records and I'm like, yeah, like I'm good. You know, those aren't my favorites. So I'm just going to pass. But I, I could see a lot of people like that scratching like a certain itch for like a certain type of collector. I don't like them being numbered because I, I haven't been going for full sets, but then I see like all these gaping yeah. holes. I'm like, oh, I'm missing 50 games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, kind of talking about gaming vinyl. Um, okay. Krabby and, and Billy, you probably remember this too. Remember, it's like we did talk about like um, on the show way back. So if somebody wants to go back and figure out what show that was, good luck. <laughs> but remember on Nintendo Age, a guy decided to do Moonshake. Yeah. I'm going to press what well, was Mega Man 2, right? Yeah. And I'm only going to do like a hundred of these or whatever it was. And they went like hotcakes. I've got two of those. <laughs> yeah. And so they started doing a few more and a few more because this guy worked at like a pressing place or something. Right. So, yeah. But then, like, out of nowhere else i mean the vinyl boom went nuts yeah and then of course all these game things are coming out with that too i mean you know game soundtracks were always a thing usually cds and all that but sure. yep. gaming vinyl but even like they were always a thing in japan like they're pretty niche here forever yeah yeah but now yeah. i mean it's like vinyl though right it's gone just bonkers yeah i go to cons up here now not like gaming cons just like general pop culture cons and there's vendors that just have game vinyl soundtracks and cd soundtracks like uh, it's crazy to me which uh, to me i mean honestly as a kid that taped like nintendo music and <laughs> uh, on a cassette deck from his nes yeah that's awesome yeah, I, totally I used get. to when I bought uh, the Lunar Two um, special edition for uh, for PS One. It came with a soundtrack, and that thing is so beat up because I used to listen to it in my car all the time when I first started driving. Right. Oh yeah, oh well, you remember probably... like um, for a while when you could order like the Final Fantasy Six soundtrack from Square, which yeah. was still when it was Final Fantasy Three. You know what I mean? And they would like these just very random stuff you could get here um, i think you could order some of the old ones through nintendo power back in the day too um like donkey Kong country and stuff like that or you remember like killer cuts right yeah <laughs> yep. came with killer instinct um and i think didn't um oh dag on on genesis the comic book game comic zone comic zone. zone that had a cd in it too didn't it i want to say i can't it remember I, I've always and, got it secondhand, so I've never actually seen it with a soundtrack. But and and going sure. back to the uh, some of the arcade games, remember like just through like the attract mode and some of the splash screens would come up like, oh, for oh, your Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat soundtrack, <laughs> mail away for your soundtrack CD. Yeah, the the Mortal Kombat games had that, right? Yeah. And, and so I mean, but now, like game vinyl has gone. I mean, again, like the rest of the vinyl market has kind of just blown up, like crazy which is something i would never have been able to predict no me either when i go to we've got a little record store in our mall called sunrise i think they're a fairly big chain for what they are but they've got like their heavy metal section which is pretty small because you know we're kind of a country town here and their video game section is equally as big as the metal <laughs> section though which wow. just it wasn't even a section like five years ago yeah and i've not gotten deep into gaming vinyl i've got a few, you know, 
Mm. Like that I bought the Dark Souls trilogy and there's a few Mm. other ones that are in there. Um, But, I mean, Krabby Bill, have you guys gone nuts into these? I wouldn't say I've gone like off the deep end. Like we, we made the decision, like we made the conscious decision, like, okay, like, you know, we, we like records. We're going to get into some vinyl. Like we'll get a turntable, we'll get some speakers, but we're not going to go crazy. Like, you know, we're not going to, you know, you know, six months from now be like, did we spend a thousand dollars on records in the last six months? So, (laughs) so it, and it, but we didn't go so far as to, you know, limit ourselves or have a budget. We're just like, let's just, you know, stay, stay sane. So the only records we have bought so far, we'll buy like a, you know, a handful of records on record store day. Um, so like in, uh, in April on the last couple of years, um, if there's a game soundtrack that I, I really like, um, like, uh, Shinobi three has been one of my favorite game soundtracks forever. So when data disc did a reprint of that, I grabbed it. Um, I've got shadow of the Colossus last guardian only cause think geek had like that 90% off clearance sale. So I got it for like eight bucks. Um, haven't played cool. the game yet. Um, it's a good game. Yeah, I've I've heard um, and I've got the PS4 now too. So that that's uh, I uh, I let my it's my cheap game too. It's my like brother will borrow it. Now. Yeah. So um and and that's kind and I got the Mortal Kombat one and two arcade uh, uh Think Geek uh, release, and really just like a handful of others. So I haven't kind of like gone off the deep end, but it's something that I pay a lot of attention to. Like, is there a new data disc release? You know, what's IM8 bit doing? You know, what's uh like Ship to Shore is a little bit smaller. Um, but they have some good releases, like they have like Bayou Billy on vinyl, which is crazy <laughs> to think that that you can get that. But uh, but yeah, so, so I, I would say that I'm, on it too. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I should I should look up because uh, a lot of times the the cool thing is YouTube reviews for vinyl. A lot of times they'll talk about the record. Oh, it looks like this. Here's what the gatefold. Blah blah blah. And then a lot of times they'll just like put the record on. And then just like the rest of the video is just listening to the record, so we could actually find out pretty uh, pretty easily. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so I'm I'm an enthusiast. I'm, I'm interested in vinyl. I'm an enthusiast, but uh, yeah, I mean the collection is still relatively small. And I got my first uh, uh, Mondo releases uh, recently. Um, uh, a buddy I work with uh, at my my office at work, um, he came to me and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to San Diego Comic Con. Would you want me to look out for anything?" And I was like, dude, I, I know it's kind of like on the bigger awkward side, like like a record, but if you could go to the Mondo booth and get me this, it's one of my favorite game soundtracks, and there's like a, an exclusive artwork version there, it's, and it's way cooler than the regular version. He was able to get me the uh, uh, the Metal Gear Solid uh, one on vinyl with the Gray Fox cover, uh, which is amazing. And uh, I also ordered the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack off Mondo like the previous week, so... Uh, so yeah, like uh, it's it's I'm more like kind of the occasional release uh, here and there, but uh, um, one of the things that my wife and I like to do is uh, we find that like the our quietest time together tends to be early in the morning, like before the kids are up, because the kids tend to kind of stay up and get up and down throughout the night. So like our quietest time is like you know, we wake up nice and early, get the coffee, sit on the couch, throw on a record like nice and soft, and just kind of talk and like listen to a record. So it's it's actually kind of become like uh, like a peaceful kind of a not escape but like just like a little peaceful kind of respite, you know, kind of like getting ready for the day. So that that's one of the things that I like a lot about it. Have you uh, been getting big into the vinyl? No, I'm I have less than twenty 
game soundtracks on vinyl i'm very much like bill like i I watch them there's so many i see where i'm like oh if only you know money wasn't an issue i would love to grab more um but uh, yeah i gotta be pretty picky and and just pick the games that are very important to me um and and then hope i can you know find some of those other ones that i kind of want down the road later so does a vinyl soundtrack included in one of these limited releases where they do these bundles things like that does that entice you do you say like oh i will pay a little more and i really would like to get that or you're just like eh, just the release itself is fine it, it definitely enticing but i haven't actually bit the bullet and done that yet because um, usually the games they're putting out are not games i have a sentimental attachment to or i've heard the soundtrack yet so if if it's something I've played in the past and like if they start putting out soundtracks with some of these Star Wars and Lucasfilm games then then I might have to to go for the bigger version. You're dying for the Shadows of the Empire vinyl. <laughs> it's like low bit rate versions of the John Williams yeah. themes. I need that Rogue Squadron vinyl. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes, but, but like at like one kilobit per second <laughs> yeah right and, and and that's part of it too like there there's only i there's only like one maybe two like nes soundtracks that i could imagine like you know grabbing on vinyl like the, the one that oh. immediately comes to mind is castlevania um but uh, uh like there's like 50 i'd like for nes on vinyl really yeah, yeah. i i and, and i like a lot of the music but it's like the, the, but something like castlevania is is kind of like 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 the standout to me like uh, yeah, music wise solid right through yeah and Ninja Gaiden and, i have on yeah. par with castlevania for myself that's probably that's probably yeah uh, as far as just like the the scope but like there's a whole bunch that are like okay there's you know back to the future nes on vinyl i believe there's maybe two songs <laughs> Well, that's when they need to just do like an LGN vinyl or like a rare vinyl or right, like a compilation or, or just, something. Just yeah, a composer sure. do like a David Wise vinyl or yeah, yeah. So I, I um, it's uh, uh yes, and I think Mondo does the Castlevania, um, which I think is a smaller. It's only like a ten inch vinyl as opposed to a twelve inch, just because there's not you know enough to uh you know to to fill up all that space if they can only just loop that song so space. many times <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is weird though because i'm like well like because all the songs just repeat in the level so why couldn't they just play a song for longer <laughs> but uh but yeah the um uh i mean i think it's so would you say you have uh tw- like uh you say 20. 20 or okay less than 20 yeah that's that's still a good little chunk yeah i'm really happy with all the ones i have there's no like filler there and also, Chris, your original question was, does does being part of a limited uh, uh, release entice me more to buy the vinyl than if it was otherwise? Well, would you be more, would you say, I'm going to get this limited run game because it comes with the vinyl and everything else? Oh, gotcha. So, it, so if the vinyl was only available in yes. a bundle with the game? Yes. Um, if it was a game that I really really was into or like a series let's say like you know like if you if you do like you know tie fighter x-wing and x-wing versus tie fighter like together you get like a double vinyl with like music from all three of those games like a hundred percent like yes but if it was you know it, it it's it probably just depends on you know if if that's a vinyl that i you know really really wanted um because at the end of the day like even if i don't keep the game you know i'll be able to move that you know, so uh, 
but it, it all it, a little bit of it comes down to price too because like Skyrim is mm -hmm. one of my favorite games and the uh, the uh, vinyl's been out for a long available for a long time it's ninety dollars which wow. when you think about it it's it's four LPs. So okay. when you think about it that way, it's like, okay, you know, you're getting four records, um, and it's a really uh, uh, attractive package, like, just a handsome-looking, like, you know, box and everything. But at the same time, like, it's 90 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not so, a change. So, and, and the same thing for Final Fantasy VII and the, um, what was the soundtrack they just announced that it comes out? It's, there's, like, a there's, it's not even the whole Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. It's, like, songs from Final Fantasy VII on one picture disc, and then, like, songs from... It's either Final Fantasy VII Remake or, like, one of the other, like, you know, Advent Children or, like, you know, one of the other ones on a single picture, picture disc. And it's, like, $100 for, like, these two discs. I'm like, dude, first, first of all, like, $100 for two records is, like, entirely too much. I don't care who you are. And also, like, there's this, you know, kind of stigma. Squaresoft the... knows they'll sell, though. Yeah, they do. But, like, there's, there's, like, a stigma in the, like, the audiophile segment of the vinyl community that doesn't like picture discs because they don't think they sound as good because you're not listening to a needle on vinyl you're listening to a needle on a piece of plastic that's been molded over a piece of paper that is pressed into a piece of vinyl so that you can have a picture on it right interesting so, i've never heard that oh yeah so so uh, a picture disc so whenever you see like a record that's actually got a picture on it yeah. it the the core is vinyl and there's a there's a, a piece of paper you know like a, a photo uh that uh, you know sits on top of it and then there's like that clear coat that goes on top. So they press it the same way they would vinyl, but you know the the needle is is running on that plastic. So I've um, got a few. I've just never thought about the process. Yeah. So I uh, and I have a few too, and I've listened to a few of them. And I mean, I don't have like a billion dollar turntable. I have a turntable that's probably a couple hundred bucks, and I have a decent receiver and some decent speakers. It sounds fine to me. But I think it's a question of durability over the long run. You know, like how long, how many plays can you get, you know, with the needle scratching on this piece of hard plastic versus, you know, vinyl. Um, I personally don't, I, I think they sound fine, but there is kind of that stigma with the audiophiles where they see a picture disc and they're like, Ugh, just give it to me on solid <laughs> vinyl. I don't know. I'm sure somebody somewhere is like, vinyl oh i want to go back to shellac you know what i mean there you go yeah just get the uh like the the like the cans what do you call them like the little cylinder uh, yeah <laughs> um so yeah i think that's the like they've the, i've seen these limited run places they've figured that out too they're like oh, okay let's mm -hmm. do a package with all the vinyl release and you know yeah. they're smart they know how to kind of bundle and do these kind of super bundles and they don't do very many of them which I would think has to drive a lot of the price because I would imagine pressing records is probably not cheap, right? right? And doing an even smaller run of pressed records is probably really not cheap. Shipping records is weird too. Yeah, you always have to kind of get the big box. That's yeah. You know. But uh, okay, so this is all going on. You know, this. What do you think the future looks like for this? Do you think this has? Mm life or are we so close to digital only consoles that this is just a, going to be a flash in the pan and that's it i think when we hit digital only this explodes like i think mm -hmm. it's going to just simmer where it's at for a while until we hit that like right. google stadia takes over and then you know there's just going to be at least for you know a good 10 years there'll be an audience that just craves the stuff that grew up with it until right. all those people get too old and die off and the young kids that grew up with just digital won't care 
that's uh, that was the piece I was waiting to say. That's I'm right on board with you. I think this continues for as long, you know, as as it's sustainable in its current form. And when my kids, who you know, get jobs and start buying stuff, you know, when they when they are presented with like oh, a limited run game, it's forty bucks for this downloadable for this game. You could have downloaded for eight dollars four years ago. They're gonna be like, yeah, I I don't care. I just want to play the thing. I th I think it's going to be a long-lasting enterprise, but n by you know by no means permanent. It, it might take you know like thirty, forty, fifty years, but uh, I, th I think it'll it'll go strong for a while, and then it'll die down when the uh, the young kids that take over don't care. You know, I kind of would tend to agree with you, but then again, I never would figure that uh, you know eighteen-year-olds would suddenly want to start buying vinyl records that never grew up with vinyl records. You know what I mean? But I don't think they're buying vinyl records because they grew up with vinyl records. I think they're buying vinyl because it's a thing that's, that's you know, kind of like, I don't want to say trendy, but it's a thing that's kind of like coming oh, back. You can, you can say it, Bill. It's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's trendy. And like, well, they sell them at Urban Outfitters, right? <laughs> so like, it's it's a thing where like, you know, like, uh, come over to my house and listen to my records. <laughs> you know, so like, but I don't I don't think they're doing it because of any nostalgia. Whereas I think the people who are doing the limited run games are absolutely people who grew up like physically owning music and wanting to hold sorry, physically holding games and like wanting to hold those games in their hands and have that tactile, you know, like relationship with, with that game as opposed to people who are buying vinyl or just like, oh vinyl is cool right now and that's why I'm buying this. Yeah, unless there's some major issues with with digital distribution in the future yeah i don't don't see that changing at all and see i would say just like we've had a resurgence of the physical i would assume at some point in time there may be this resurgence of the game physical mm -hmm. you know what i mean like somebody comes along and goes is this it though i this isn't it i think oh. it's something that happens after digital only the same thing that's happened with like music, you know what I mean? If you don't buy a vinyl record these days, like a lot of times you can't even get a CD anymore. If right. you want to, if you want a physical copy at all, it's going to be vinyl. Or even crazier now, in some cases, cassette. Cassette, cassette is, again. So, yeah. cassette so the vinyl resurgence, like yeah, the 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 vinyl resurgence, like like I kind of get like you know just like the 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 fa the all the factors that kind of go into it, like oh it's vinyl, it's cool. I zero percent understand the cassette resurgence, <laughs> and it's it, huge. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to um, this heavy metal channel on YouTube a little while ago, and they were talking about why it's so huge in Canada here, anyway. And it's because bands can cut their demos for dirt cheap compared to any other format, even digital, mm -hmm. that they can sell at their shows too. So lots of bands are the ones pushing cassettes more than the fans. Mm, interesting. I hadn't heard that. I, yeah, cassettes sound sound terrible, people. <laughs> Don't bring back cassettes. Um, but you know. But yeah, so 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 Duke, you're thinking that this is not the res the resurgence of physical that we got to get a little bit further because everything yeah. that you see, like you know, like there's like yeah. like you know, all the sales reports and stuff, where like you know Microsoft, Nintendo, whoever, like they they always show these trends of like okay, like the sales, uh, they're they're you know they keep going more and more and more and more digital and less yep. and less and less physical. Just in the um, last two weeks, Sony said for the first time in their history that their digital sales 
went 51% in their physical sales with 49. It's the first time right. it's ever passed it for them. So, yeah. so, but what you're saying is it's got to get further. It's got to get to like, yes. you know, like 75, 85, 95%. And then people are going to be like, where's the thing that you used to hold? And you think that that's going to be not even the that. time. There's going to be a generation that goes, I never had a thing to hold. Mm-hmm. I want think, a thing to hold. Do you think there's going to be the same kind of weird mentality when things go totally streaming where people are like, I just want to download it on my machine. I don't want to stream it off your, your cloud. I want like, I know no. I need to own it again. My, yeah. I, so you not, may, you may... not download it. They'll want to say, I want to touch a thing. Right. I, I enjoy so, this thing so much. I want to have a physical manifestation right. of it in my life. So you made me think of what my uh, my father-in-law, who I'm sure will be listening to this uh, eventually, uh, would say about. Um, so he he got a decent uh, gaming PC a uh, number of years ago, and uh, you know I, I introduced him to Steam, and this is how it works. And he was he would always fight with it. He's like, I want I want to hold a thing. I want to have a thing in my hand. I want to put that thing in. I want to play that thing. And I was like, well, you can buy physical PC games. It's it's you know it's it's harder to do because you know there's not a lot of stores that carry them, and you know GameStop is kind of a, a crapshoot. But he really wanted Bioshock Infinite, so he's like, okay, like so I'm I'm gonna go to a store. I'm gonna buy Bioshock Infinite. So he went there. He bought it. He opened it up. There is a disc inside that says Bioshock Infinite on it. And then you put that disc in, and then the disc is like uh, the program starts up, and it's like okay. Enter the Steam code that was included with your <laughs> physical package. And he was like, why is there even a disk? So he puts the Steam code in, and the first four and a half gigabytes of the game is on the disk, and it just copies to the hard drive. And the rest of like, the 18 gigabytes downloads, and it just plays on Steam without need for the disk. And he's like, I, but I want to play it off the disk. And I was yeah. like, well... It's not. It's not even like that on consoles anymore because the game's got to install, right? Like nothing except for like Nintendo Switch and like other card-based systems. Like nothing really runs off the disc. So to your point of like, you know, would someone want to download the file just to have the file on the machine? I I would agree that like no, like that person wants a physical thing that it's gonna like play live off of, even if it's like a mini disc. Yeah, I, I meant more like um, when you have those moments like when your internet goes down and you can't mm-hmm. stream, but if you had the game downloaded on your hard drive, you could still play it. So do you think there will oh, be right. a generation that grows up with the same kind of frustrations that some of us feel, but just in a different capacity? I think yeah, the idea be. coming soon that we're going to have to wrap our heads around is the internet isn't going to go down just like the water from the city coming into your house hardly ever goes down you know what i mean it's going to become such mm-hmm. a thing where when it happens people look around like holy crap this is i don't remember this ever happening right it's- i can't wait because some idiot drives into some power line here like every <laughs> month <laughs> <laughs> sure but at some point in time it's going to be whatever it is like you know local wi-fi or, or yeah. whatever this new technology is right. 5g or whatever right i mean you're just not going to have anything to worry about anymore so unless Something horrific happens. They shot the satellites down finally. But I think right. there's always going to be that that certain people crave the physical. They want to touch something. Right. They want to see it. They want it to be there. And this ephemeral thing is not good enough. And and I I do think um and well I know because you know I know me like I was very 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 much interested and involved with the 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 retro game collecting aspect where 
I wanted to like hold that Nintendo game that I had when I was a kid or hold that Genesis game or, Mm -hmm. you know, like have the system in front of me. And the emulator was cool. And I didn't mind playing it, but there was something like tactile and like just like awesome about like having the actual thing. And then I got like older or even like even when I was still collecting, like Dreamcast was kind of like the last system that I collected games for. Because even though it was just like a jewel case with some instructions and a disc, it was still an awesome thing that I remembered and I loved. And I would take that disc and I'd pop it in the Dreamcast. And Dreamcast is like as loud as a car when it's loading. But like, <laughs> you know, that was all part of the experience. And then something happened where like it switched over to like um like PlayStation 2 was still kind of like I was okay with it it was DVD cases it was all right and like something happened when like you know like the game cases just kind of became like flimsy with nothing in them and it's just a disc in there like I started just not caring about the package cuz it just, like it just wasn't as because interesting because the company to me. also didn't care about yeah. the package right yeah and like that I guess that kind of rubbed off on me and even like you know I've been doing stuff on Steam for a long enough time where like so to me it's it's less about you know just having to touch or feel something and more about like having to touch or feel something that feels like it has value or feels like it matters to somebody because when i hold like a 59.99 you know like like a, a super mario maker 2 like when i hold this like you know piece of plastic in my hand it like it doesn't feel like it has any value you, you know you should have me. seen the packaging for mario maker 1 that was Really thick, well very thought special. out packaging. It is very special. There's like a, <laughs> there's a huge like hundred page book that comes in with it to oh, like wow. give you tips on like how to start and like cool Mario ideas and it's really awesome. Package. Right. So 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 like something like that like would 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 matter. So like but the thing is like I have these kind of conflicting mentalities where like I really like owning or like you know like dealing with things where like I can touch that like feel like they matter, but at the same time like. I will download every game under the sun if I can get it for a good price. And it's a really good game, you know? So like, I feel like there, there could be people out there who, yeah, they lean towards physical if they can get it, but they're not going to not, you know, download a game, you know, if they really want to play the game, if it's available. To, to add to that idea, just like I mentioned, I was playing Danganronpa 2 for the playcast. Um, I, the copy that I had on my shelf was sealed. So I was like, Oh sweet. I get to open a new game to play it. And mm. I and it was so sad opening it because I opened it up <laughs> and there was not even like a like safety warning slip in it. There was just a blank side on there and, and it just it feels awful when you open a new yeah. game and there and it feels so light and like there's no care put into it. And 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 part of that too, like I remember, you know, like you know, we'd go to the store, we got a good report card, great, we're gonna go to Toys R Us and you get a game, and we get to Toys R Us, we say, okay, I want Ducktales. And you would get the game, and you'd sit sit in the car, and like on the drive home, ripped open the packaging, like you know, flipped open the box top, and it's like jam packed with stuff. Like there's posters mm-hmm. and there's stickers, and like here's like a note Mail card away. you can like, write your yeah. things down. Like, but like, and I know it sounds like really silly, but like, I, I remember just like having all these things like in my lap. And just being like happy and just like, you know, like, <laughs> like just the smell of like, you know, like the, this fresh package of like, you know, like joy. And like, I, I think part of it is like that it used to be so good. And now we keep saying it over and over again, but like, you know, you open up like a thing that's like a, like, you know, you, you get the plastic off, you get that sticker off that like holds the, the case shut and you open it up. And like, it's, like Krabby said, there's not even like an epilepsy warning in here. It's like just a disc. And you're like, oh okay, I guess I'll put this on my shelf and never look at it again. (laughs) But I think that's it. We're looking at the wrong thing. And at some point in time, I think the the thing will be, 
I want something that's a catered experience that where I get what mm-hmm. I want. So maybe it's a company that like limited run games or something, whatever this mm-hmm. future company that goes, I'm going to build a platform and I'm going to publish physical games and I'm going to give you nice packages because that's mm-hmm. the yeah. only reason you're going to buy my thing in the first place. Yeah. Like look how long they, they kept the Vita going like almost single-handedly. I like if the, it sounds like the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet are going to keep the physical for at least one more gen. But if uh, you know PS6 doesn't, I could see someone like Limited Run pressing PS6 games that they can get to run digitally once, but most likely uh, on the PS5 and like keeping that system going for an extra several years. Or GameStop. Who knows what's happening with them there? Yeah, they're, they're not going to be. They're, yeah, they're not. They're not <laughs> well, going to be in business. Ten yeah. more years of GameStop <laughs> might be asking for a lot. Their their companies run very badly, but you know if yes. anybody has a stake in keeping physical alive. And has potentially the money to do it, right? But I mean, like, yeah, like they're they, a little, they're falling behind there, though. Like they had their chance for the last five years to do sure, something. They They've should have done, done this. Very little. They should have done this seven years ago. Right. Um, they should have launched the the GameStop console or something. Yeah. But they missed the boat. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that I don't think that that's an impossibility, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because again, you know. Kindle, right? You can read a lot of books on Kindle. It's super convenient, but I still have yet to see the whole universe get rid of physical books. And now we're all talking about buying vinyl records. And again, we're talking (laughs) about these are people, there's young people that grew up that never, never touched a vinyl record as a kid. You know what I mean? I I didn't really grow up in the vinyl era either. I don't have a nostalgia for them. Right. And some of these people are probably even grew up in the era. What what do you mean? I can touch music? Yeah, 100%. All they've known is iTunes and whatever, right? So just even that whole idea that like, man, this thing that I love, I can touch it. I can hold it. I can, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I I think there's, I think there's a really good chance that this happens on some level but I don't see this being like, like, like a boom, like an enormous, like, oh my God, like it was, it was 90% digital and now it's like no. 60, 40, no, 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 you know, no, no, like no. I, I could see it <laughs> happening as a thing, but like, it's kind of reminds me again of my father-in-law who clung to his windows media center PC yeah. for like a dozen years after it left support. And he had this machine like running, like his, uh, his TV was running off it and he had like a TV tuner card in it with a cable card and he was doing all his DVRing off of it. And it was like, if you go into these forums, like this HD home run thing that he uses, it's full of people who are just like, like, Oh, like this is the best. I got live TV. I got DVR. Everything's controlled by me. It's not a cable box or anything. And it's like, yeah, you know, they sell a decent amount of these cable cards and tuners and stuff, but uh, like they're, they're not taking market share from anybody. They're, they're incredibly niche. So I could definitely see it happening on some level, but when when people's tr- if, if if anybody was going to try to put like a piece of hard like a a, a standalone piece of hardware out there that's like oh we're just going to run physical stuff, I, I think that's a really really tough thing to do. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it happens. And honestly, mm-hmm. I, you're you keep like what you're talking about your father-in-law. It's like this thing to the past, where like old people want to hold on to old things. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not going to be mm-hmm. for us. It's going to be for some other newer generation, and mm-hmm. they're going to make it their own thing. Just like this newer generation has reclaimed vinyl to a certain degree, right? Because like my mom, who grew up on vinyl, she's like, I don't want these things. 
You know what I mean? Get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I don't want this crap. Get it out of my house. But a lot of it, a lot of it is crap. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, like young people are the ones that are clinging on to this for whatever reason. I mean, not that you have to be young, but they're the ones that basically resurrected it. Um, You know, it wasn't us. It wasn't my generation that resurrected this thing and made it popular again. You um, bastards let it die. Yeah. <laughs> we we Gen brought Xers, it back. <laughs> yeah. Gen Xers were caught in the middle end. I, you know, I see the warring between baby boomers and the millennials, and I'm like, I'm just going to sit over here in the corner and hide. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a millennixer. Yeah. I think I'm fully in that millennial range. <laughs> Yeah, which, um, but I mean, I yeah, think that's I yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, it'll, it'll be, be its own to thing see. for someone else. Or maybe mm-hmm. they go back and, like vinyl, re-embrace an old standard and go, you know what? You know, uh, Super Nintendo was awesome. Let's just start making tons of new Super Nintendo games. I, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the idea of vinyl to some degree. Let's go back. Let's resurrect this old tech to make new things that we like. That's kind of like I am 8-bit's business model. <laughs> yeah, which I guess we should probably, you put on here on the outline, I think we should talk about that, like old game re-releases, right? Yeah, like Capcom did a couple pretty high-profile ones recently. Yep. And not just Capcom, like a lot of these older properties are getting bought up and re-licensed, right? Yeah, Data East had some. I think Jalico did a bunch. Um, Irem did one or two. Like, yeah, it's not just the big guys. No, and like companies like Pico Interactive have bought up the rights to do yeah, that's a right. lot of these old games and re-release them. Uh, I won't say necessarily they're always the highest quality product <laughs> in the whole world. They're not. They, I mean, they're trying to take something and make a few bucks off of it, which I'm not mad at them for that. That's fine. Um. It's not a product for me, but that doesn't mean it's a bad product. You know what I mean? But Krabby, didn't you like Holy Diver? Didn't you do one of these things? Yeah, like Holy Diver was on my wish list forever. I was planning to import it at some point, um, trying to find a complete box copy. And then I um, got that deal with IM8 bit and, and put out a pretty nice looking North American package. So I bid on that and grabbed that instead. Now, is that the only one of those sort of things that you've grabbed or he uh i i also got the uh street fighter 2 uh 30th anniversary edition that capcom put out as well oh there you go right which is um gosh who did that release wasn't it uh infinite nes lives or something like that right i don't even remember off the top of my head i think they were the ones behind the release although i think just capcom claimed it but uh yeah i mean i think this is not an impossible thing, right? I mean, the, the, these licenses are probably really cheap to pick up these days, right? Well, yeah, when you see limited runs, a bunch of Star Wars games, like they're throwing stuff on the Game Boy, the NES, the N64. Like, it's pretty impressive. And the technology is there to repress these things, just like vinyl records, right? Making so, so what, these carts. What point there. do you see, like, people bootlegging out of their house, like, beyond, like, a reproduction capacity, like, because something that's like fully formed as a package um as like a business out of their out of their basement kind of thing what what do you mean like that are that are selling basically bootleg like nes games um 
successfully out of their house rather you, than just you, like the odd reproduction where they do like one run and done. You mean like the entire country of China? I mean, have you ever been on AliExpress? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's a, a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah. Those things drive me nuts. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you, all you have to do is like spend five seconds on AliExpress and you'll find any reproduced game and like 500 multi-carts and oh yeah no they're totally doing it right now yeah that's true i had a friend invite me over to play musha and thinking i was going over to play musha i go over and he's like look what i got at Valley express for 30 bucks i was like let's play something else i don't want to support this <laughs> yeah and which probably really is like a dollar or something you know what the real value of that thing is made in china yeah because uh, they're not well made they're really I, poorly made. I didn't mean um, carbon copies, though. I meant like new product. So give me an example. Uh, I don't have an example. That's why I'm asking when do you think it'll start? Like someone like is making their own new Super Nintendo game, large enough quantity to, that that's their business, not just a right. hobbyist. Right. Um, I don't know. Again, it would take something like this generational resurrection like something like vinyl where they somebody goes back and goes I really cr- we crave this thing that doesn't exist anymore and it's, this is how we've decided that this is the best way to give it to us it's probably not even possible just because of how fractured the hardware is like you don't have a standard like with vinyl where everyone can enjoy a vinyl like you've got people that love Super Nintendo people that love Neo Geo people that love CD based games like it's so so many little sections I don't know if we could all agree on one to a degree, but, um, you know, you could say the same thing about vinyl to a certain, like there's 45s, there's 78s, there's 33 and a thirds, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's a standard of sorts, but there's variation. Um, there's shellac records that are out there that you can't <laughs> play on your normal turntable, right? Um so yeah, it's what gets embraced. There is there was a format that was picked. It's like, for the most part, it's the thirty-three and a third LP album. That's the mm-hmm. one that has basically been resurrected. There's also like the technical bottleneck too. Like on on vinyl, once you've decided what size you're running it on, no matter what instrument you want to put on that record, you can put it on that record. Whereas if you're just on Super Nintendo, like you're limited by what kind of graphics and storage space you can put on there. To a degree, but now they make these carts with these expansion, newer, modern expansion kits and, and chips and, S- and FPGAs where you can do that right now. Right? There's an expansion for Super Nintendo where you can play full motion video on a cart and, C- <laughs> and CD soundtracks. So, no, you can totally do that. Okay. I was nowhere of some of that stuff. Yeah, there's uh, like re-releases of like Legend of Zelda Link to the Past that have like full video segments and like cd music and oh yeah yeah just uh just do a little searching for it if you've got a the right flash cart you can uh, you can totally do that um cool. or you know you see like reworks like this uh, recent gradius 3 patch right where it, it's a full speed patch and uh using <laughs> one of the helper uh, expansion chips so that way you get no slowdown i mean there's a lot of people are very smart and they can do a lot with this old hardware that was never imagined back then or just was not economically feasible. Now is right. dirt cheap and simple to do. I mean, look at uh, like these flash carts now. You've got the one that's coming out that you can play Sega CD games off of the flash cart. You don't need a Sega CD anymore. Um, 
I'm just saying there's a lot of tech that's out there. I don't know what this looks like. I'm just looking at what's happened and going, won't there always be some people that want to have something in their hands? I assume so. Or probably. do you think we'll ever get to the point where people, uh, people just, they'll just give it up completely? No, probably, I don't probably think not in our lifetimes. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever get any, I don't ever think you'll get all people to agree on anything ever. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's always as close, as far as it gets, like maybe the maximum it gets is, you know, like 90% of people are cool with it and 10% aren't. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's ever going to be, a hundred i think you'll you'll always have that that group of people who are and not necessarily saying you know like the uh the 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 older crowd who's just looking to reminisce about all oh, the days when you could hold a cassette in your hand but yeah there's going to be people who but at the same time like i i do wonder about like like as my kids like you know like the the way they're you know they're three and five but like you know they say like oh let's put the switch and then we turn the switch on and i pick a game and it fires up like neither one of them are like, oh, let's go get the game card, you know. So like, I I do wonder how much of a, an effect that's gonna have, and uh, you and, gotta train them like when we used to put the, uh, you know, the kids would always blow into the Nintendo carts. You gotta teach them to lick the Switch card and then <laughs> get that a little bit of that disgusting, uh, yeah, <laughs> coating on it. I've done that before where like I would like pop it like in between my lips because I gotta like you know throw the Joy Cons in the thing and I'm like oh oh oh. <laughs> It's so bad. But yeah, I, I always wonder how much of a factor, like the nostalgia of like, you know, what, what you had when you were younger, you know, like has, has an effect on it. But uh, even with my kids having, you know, like no uh, concept of like, you know, what the physical, you know, game versus the digital is, I, I do see your point of, you know, eventually they could reach a point where they're like, you know what, like I never, you know, never even experienced the joy of like, you know, like go, just going in physical games and stuff and like maybe some of them will be into it um but yeah i, I don't think anything is gonna kind of slow the the direction that uh, that everything's going in no it wasn't a, a big portion of people but it was always neat at the store when i had it um to see kids that would come in who were like 14 and asking me like i need an atari Lynx." Right. Uh, there's no way they'd ever played one before like there was just right. something they'd seen online that they wanted to experience right yeah, and um, again, what does that form take? I don't know. I mean, at some point in time, you know, scrolls were the way to read, and then somebody came out with, you know, the book style. And so I'm sure there were people like, no, scrolls must be, you know, the thing forever. You know, we can't switch over. <laughs> I mean, but things do over time. Um, but again, you couldn't sit before it and look ahead and go, this is definitely the way it's going to go. Sure. It just it grew the way it did, and and I just think it's going to be interesting to sit back and watch. Honestly, it's not going to be me that designs or decides. It's going to be younger people. So we'll sit back and we'll yeah. watch. They're smarter than us anyway. Yeah, we're going to be the old coots that don't know anything, and you know that's how it goes. Well, good. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about in this subject? Time spent. Yeah, I think we've probably whipped this horse pretty well. All right, yeah, I think we talked about uh, yeah the the PC stuff uh, and interesting to see kind of the direction that takes as far as just uh, you know some of the limited run stuff that's upcoming that we're excited about. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is a it's a big horse, so we had to take our time whipping it.
All right, well, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to join us on another episode of the RF Generation Collector Cast. As usual, it's time to grill my co-host. So where can people find the show? Bill. Uh, I like YouTube. I like iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Those it's are not called big iTunes ones. anymore, is it? It's got a new fancy name. Apple Podcasts is... Apple Podcasts for Android. Is it available for Android devices? It's on. We are on the Google Play Store. There we go. You can find us on the Google Play Store. Krabby, where else can people find us? Twitter, finally. And find, can you find yeah, you? yourself. You can find yeah. you on Twitter. How can people? Right? Okay, so if people want to follow, I mostly tweet at our show account, at CollectorCast. But, Krabby, where do people go if they want to follow you? By my name, at Kelsey <laughs> Polnick. Now you got to spell that. K-E-L-S-Y. P-O-L-N-I-K. All right, give this guy a follow. We're trying to make him embrace and love Twitter. I think he's kind of coming along. Um, it's making more sense this time. This is my third time on Twitter, and I'm start, <laughs> starting to click a little bit now. There you go. Bill, if some people want to follow you on Twitter, where are you at? Yeah, no one follows me on Twitter, but if you wanted to, it's uh, uh, Bill. Uh, I'm Bill with one L for those who didn't know. So it's B-I-L underscore McGee, M-C-G-E-E. Very good. Very good. And you can also find us on Stitcher. I I checked. We are still on Stitcher. So if you guys want to check us out there. And I'm going to work on some other things. Maybe we'll find some other, because since we've done the show before, there's new platforms that are a little more exciting maybe. And I'll see what I can do on those. Um, I also did want to take a minute to um, congratulate Crabbo for being a published author thank you congratulations all right um so if somebody wants to read your writing how would they do that so i recently joined the writing staff on vgcharts.com charts with a z of course or a z depending where you are (laughs) no it's z (laughs) i call it z um yeah so i i started doing reviews there my first one went up on the 13th of august and i'm currently working on my second one and just some small games to start off but i've I've got some aspirations to build up to to bigger more interesting titles but it's really really fun yeah and uh what was the uh first review that you did there for uh it's a little indie platformer called exception yeah. Very stylish, very fast, um, and it was not too hard like a lot of uh, single-screen platformers. I had a surprising amount of fun with it. I read your review, and you made it sound like a really interesting game. It's something I would never, ever have heard of otherwise. Me too. Um, I just kind of, like, they have a list of all the upcoming stuff, and it's like, who wants to tackle what? And there was this game I'd never heard of. I looked up a video. It looked uh, like a trailer they put out two years ago. It looked interesting, so I thought I'd try it, and... And I'm happy I did. Well, congratulations again. I know that um, you've always enjoyed writing, which I would rather burn holes in my tongue with a hot poker. <laughs> uh, I'll talk all day long, but don't make me write. I'm very happy that you've found this and um, looking forward to seeing a lot more exciting articles. And, and hopefully you'll promote those on Twitter if people follow you. If they want I was to just going right? to say, if you follow me on Twitter, I will definitely be promoting those on yeah, there. That's right, because shameless self-promotion is exactly the reason why people get on Twitter. Try it. Try to make those connections. <laughs> yep. We are also still on Facebook, right? Cool. Yeah. That's still a thing, sort of. I don't really post there very much, but I will try when the shows come out 
it's you like want. the vinyl of social media now. <laughs> it's gonna come back. <laughs> One of these days, people will be printing out their posts from from Facebook because they want to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, do us all a favor. Do uh, go back if you're a new listener. Check out our old past episodes. They're all out there online for you. And um, tell us if they're still relevant. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe you'll find like this is the best one that we should go back and revisit. But uh, timeless information. Either way, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon.